Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to Winter is Blooming, a Game of Thrones rewatch podcast by us, the Penny Bloom Podcast. Today, we continue that rewatch with Season 4, Episode 8, titled The Mountain and the Viper, written by D&D, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, directed by Kansas City's own Alex Graves. Let's go. Let's go, indeed. So, we got another goodie here. I am Colton Robertson. I'm joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Uh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here, even if it is a day of mourning. Um, it's for a sad day. day. It is Plus, a sad day indeed. I'm going to miss my mans over mm-hmm. in Martell. It's been a good few weeks. I've been mm-hmm. looking forward to it greatly. The entire rewatch. Yeah. You know, I've been waiting. <sighs> but alas, we've reached the point where we say goodbye to the Viper. And I'm sad. Officially but, past uh, the halfway point. We've tipped. And this, this is yes. what happens, you know. Well, I think last episode was officially halfway. Yeah, halfway um, through last episode would have been the halfway mm-hmm. point officially. But then now now we're on the fall. You know, we've yes. reached that climax now. With I mean, they're, they're telling us. They're like, all right, we're getting rid of one of the best characters we have in the show for you. I mean, single season. I mean, that's just... Maybe, I don't know, maybe this is just the beginning of the end here, getting rid of Pedro Pascal. Kind of it. <laughs> but, we start losing. I, I know that we've lost Ned and we've lost Rob, but mm-hmm. characters start dropping like flies in season four. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Joffrey, yeah. we're going to lose Egret. We're going to lose uh, Ren and Pip. We're going to lose Tywin. Uh, we lost yeah. over in here. Like season four is when shit like, it stops being the wheel? massive, yeah. massive characters only, and now it's like a bunch of recurring characters are starting to drop off the Yeah, map. man, uh, it's like, it's really, I swear, I don't know how they, de- like, decided to kill off these characters, you know, like, it, it really seems that, I don't know, I guess George R. R. Martin even trusted his turtles in his tank to make some decisions yeah. for Game of Thrones, so it is kind of just like spinning a wheel and decides, oh, let's see who dies today. Oh, wow, Ned? Well, I'll have to write that in somehow, you know, or I yeah. guess that was probably known, I mean, that's what sets off everything, so, but, like, uh, I don't know, maybe someone like, um... Oberyn was supposed to be more long-lasting, but then it's like, oh, well, what if he dies here, actually? Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, the, you, you, you face yourself with this, this, you know, this these two roads that diverge in a yellow wood mm-hmm. as Brienne and mm-hmm. Padre came to one of these points last last episode. And, uh, you know, the, you got this option where if you don't kill Oberyn, Tyrion's not guilty. He doesn't have to go across the narrow sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe he still has to go across the narrow sea anyway you know after cersei finds out that you know he's not going to die does she just enact a plan to, to assassinate him, him anyway yeah, you know probably. like uh yeah, yeah so I who mean, knows maybe it's just maybe it's just another shock value sort of thing but regardless it's effective 
Mm. And I hate saying goodbye to Oberyn Martell. But we will begin this episode in the north, Mm. wherein Ramsay Snow is sending Reek, uh, forced to assume his former identity of Theon Greyjoy, to treat with the Ironborn garrison holding the northern fortress of Moat Kaelin and uh, barring the armies of House Bolton from returning to the north. Uh, Theon rides into the fortress to find corpses lying everywhere from constant attacks and disease running rampant. Nobody is healthy. Nobody is hopeful. There is no hope in Moat Kaelin. Uh, and with a name like that, I don't know how much hope you can expect. Uh, but the Ironborn are, uh, the Ironborn remaining are sick, under-equipped, outnumbered, outmanned, everything. Uh, the garrison commander, Ralph Kenning, uh, rebuffs the offer made by Ramsay of safe passage in exchange for surrender. He's like, nah, I think we're good. Fuck you. You're not Theon. I don't believe you one bit. Look at this. Look at this. You're a pussy. Uh, and, and the, the descent mm, for mean, Alfie I mean, Allen I mean, here, an I incredible mean, performance. I mean. Yeah, that's uh, he's he's up for it. I mean, I'm between two, and he yeah, this was because he actually you know he he it's like a an act within an act. Here. Yeah, it's like yeah he's acting, but he also has to act like he's not acting as right. Theon, but he is Theon, but he is Reek, and it's like there's so many layers to put so many back yeah there. levels of contrivance yeah. there for Alfie Allen's performance but, that you know he gets across very very concisely. Mm. You know it. it it probably bared it down to the simplest thing where it's you are reek trying to act like theon mm-hmm. that's that's the goal here uh Man. and that's it, incredible with uh, him just starting to i am reek i am reek and like reek, people are like I'm what reek. the fuck are you what are you saying and, then, and yeah luckily that came in there because I, yeah. who knows like what could have happened i don't know if he goes into full reek mode i don't know if the people there don't do what they do. I mean, they're going to die either way. So yeah. That, like, that's so you're thing. saying we can live. Yeah. All right. It's, yeah. Let's go. And, and Ramsey kills them anyway. Like to uh, focus on that guy's face. Too. Yeah. Like you're, you just sit there and it's like an awkward kind of like, like long. And you're like, why are we Smash looking cut. at this guy? Oh, Oh, we wanted to remember that that's what his face looked like. So that when we see him flayed and on to whatever, I don't know. I guess the that cross. is just inflated. Yeah, yeah, like that just involves it all. Like, Eesh. yeah, that was uh, that was rough. You know, An we were eye popped out of his head. Yeah, yeah, his yeah. Body was... completely flayed. And mm-hmm. Ramsey explains. You know, he's like, you know, flaying's a lost art. You know, did you really think I'd let them live? Come on, man, you're smarter than that. You you know me. You know yeah, me. We were talking that. about that a couple episodes ago. We were like, yeah, they don't seem to actually flay people anymore. It's on their banner, but like, man, that's just got to be a lot of hard work and a lot of like stuff to go through and then well here you know ramsey's yeah, bringing they, it back uh, he's yeah, bringing once it back because this is the last step you know once they hold moat kalen they hold the north so now that they hold the north the flames back baby this is what we do you know that's that sort of yeah yeah huh yeah i mean it damn it was enough for bolton to be like yep you're my son now you know yeah. like i guess i didn't think about how like big this like victory was i guess i could because it was such a easy victory like mm-hmm. you know it was like just so easy but like even if theon fucked up and they're like no we're gonna fight like they still would have just been wiped out like it yeah, just would i guess i guess well, maybe the thing is that they held they held that fortress that was impenetrable unless you were allowed in mm-hmm. so like 
And I in see. order to get past it and advance to the north, like you got to get past Moat Kalen. Uh, hmm. So now they officially they officially hold the north. And in the aftermath, Ramsey uh, treats with his father and presents him with the Greyjoy banner that was flying over the fortress. And he says, Moat Kalen is yours, father. In recognition, Roos stands before him and goes full Mufasa. Look for as far as the eye can see. This land is our domain. Mm. Uh, you know, it stretches so many miles that way, so many miles that way. This kingdom is bigger than all set, all the other seven combined, and it is ours. Um, what is your name? And you can tell Ramsey's like, ah, fucking Ramsey Snow. Why you got to remind me of that right now, man? This is pissing me off. Um, and then he goes, no, that's not your name. And he presents him with a decree of legitimization. Uh, making Ramsey, Ramsey Bolton. And mm. delighted at the knowledge he will succeed his father as Warden of the North, Ramsey seemingly immediately begins plotting how to murder his father. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Thank you for giving me the exact thing I needed. Yeah, yep. kind of like a, a brawn and uh, marrying the younger, you know, younger Marianne one Wallace. to kill the, the older sister. Same thing here. Um, but... I don't know. He's. I feel like he's at, like sort of happy in this moment to be recognized as well. Like as no, and there's a, there's a moment here where you uh, you know you you fucking despise Ramsey, but there's almost like a pride in this because you're kind of projecting every bastardization of characters onto Ramsey in this moment. Like of all the characters to be legitimized in their father's eyes and get the approval from their father, you don't want it to be fucking Ramsey. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you want John to be John Stark. You want, you want Tyrion's father mm-hmm. to finally respect him. You know, I know he's not a, a bastard in name, but that's, that's what you want for him. And then, uh, and then Ramsey of all the characters is the one who is legitimized in his father's eyes. Um, and it, yeah. it, just watching him, and it was interesting. This is the first rewatch I've ever watched him and thought like, oh, he's immediately thinking, well, I'm going to seize the North one day. Mm. You know? Like, oh, now I have... Actually. This, this is one of the dumbest things Roos could have done. True. You know, yeah. Roos thinks... I think Roos thinks Ramsey values the family name simply for the reason that a lot of bastards value the family name. They've been left out. They haven't Mm. been included and they need it to feel a part of something. Ramsey's never felt that anyway. He doesn't long for anything besides wanton destruction. I don't think. Does Roos have any other kids? That is why, uh, that's why Roos ultimately dies because his wife gets pregnant and he kills, he kills his wife. He kills the baby. And he kills his father all in one fell swoop. Oh, okay. So yeah, no siblings before this then. No. Okay. So maybe I guess it was. He wants an heir. He doesn't have. Yeah. He like yeah. just to get to have someone because he doesn't have anybody. I guess the name would die with, with him um, as of right now. So maybe that's, that's why, but no. you're right. It is kind of a dumb decision to like give this crazy fucked up like i don't know know, you still have a wife you should probably but that's the thing he's also thinking that like i ought to set up this safety net Mm. so that if i can't get my wife pregnant 
I, I, my line continues. But I think you ought to try and hold out on that for as long as you possibly fucking can. Wait, like maybe he's trying, maybe he's hoping this is inspiring some sort of loyalty in Ramsey. Like, uh, he, he'll remain yeah. devoted to me because Even if I've he does have a kid this. with his wife, doesn't Ramsey still get? The North, though? No, because even... Does it have to be a legit... Like, because he legitimized him, be, He's but... legitimized, but I don't think it matters. Like, and that's what's... I think that's part of what makes, like, the, the legitimization ultimately kind of just... Mm. It's It's just a name, you know? Like, it's it's... Everything is still about politics and how they are going to decide who gets there. But, you know... In case, in case nothing else works out, we got you, Ramsey. You know. Mm, wow. But, yeah, that, uh, that is quite dumb. I guess. Yeah, it would just be to get him more on his side. But mm. if you don't give him the name, that's almost making him like still have to prove himself over and over. Like that's seemingly the kind of trap he had him in, anyways. Like, right. The only son he had, I guess, or like, and yeah, huh? I never thought about it like that. But yeah, not a uh, because I the thought didn't occur to me right away that it's like, oh yeah, how am I going to plot to kill my father and take over the North? Yeah. Um, but no, that's definitely what he's thinking right there. He's yeah, like, he's oh, like, oh, like, dope. Thanks. I'm going to figure something out. Yeah. Um, you've I granted me yeah. a position of power I never could have dreamed of prior mm. to this moment. And now I, it's in my grasp. So I'm going to do something about it. Mm. Um, but uh, we see Ramsey and Reek accompany Roos's army as it approaches to its final destination, Winterfell, mm. which we have not seen since the end of season two. Yeah, not burned down. Um, like, cause isn't that all we've been told? Like in the background, is like, ah, it's been burned down. No one's been there. Like, it's all it was sacked by the the Boltons or whatever. Sacked by the Greyjoys. Yeah, actually, the Greyjoys, yeah, they didn't even know. But it was actually, if I remember correctly, the Boltons that did did the sacking. And I do think it it got sacked, but it's stone, you know, like it didn't, it didn't, the castle's bones are still there, but like, uh, I see, okay. Shit's, shit's fucked on the inside, if I remember correctly. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I remember just being like, fucking A, man. Like, mm. not the Boltons, bro. Yeah, it's like, it's nice to see Winterfell again, but like, the people walking up to it, like, it's like, it, it feels yeah, wrong. Yeah, we just saw Sansa last yeah. episode building Winterfell yeah. out of fucking snow. Maybe that was to remind getting us. Back. Yeah, maybe that was like to remind us, like, oh yeah, that is like what Winterfell looks like. Like, yeah, uh, right. it's coming up. Like, re- re- remember, because, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a lot different from a Stark walking up on it versus the people who, I guess they didn't, I don't know. I guess Roos actually did kill Rob. Actively yeah, you betrayed have, the, you the Starks. You have the, yes. the person who literally betrayed the Starks walking up yeah. to it. So yeah, it just feels wrong. But No, it's bad. It doesn't feel good. But uh, all the while in Molestown, a, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a, a, a lady in waiting who is making fun of... Uh, 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 the size of a man's penis, which mm-hmm. is always very funny. It's like a hangnail of a dick, apparently. Like um, a little snail. Yeah. Just coming right Peeking out, of, out of a shell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, she walks over to Gilly and is like, yo, your baby's super loud, man. Anything you can do about your baby not being loud? Uh, and she's like, I don't know, man. Uh, it is a baby. 
and yeah, sorry she, that she sorry that she woke you up. Or like, yeah. I guess is it a no? It's it's a he. Yeah, little, little yeah sorry he woke right. you up. Yeah, sorry sorry he woke you up. You know, like I, as she is the one having to deal with the baby waking. Like it obviously woke her up. You know, like like in the first place, and she's like, ah, oh, wow. Well, I'm so sorry. You know, you sorry had to that happened. Up. Yeah, like oh, poor Gilly. Yeah, this is. She's working yeah. hard too. Not like a the, great you know, situation like, for her. Yeah, and you could tell she's just so busy that like she can't even entertain this like conversation really because like she just has to. I don't know what like she's washing clothes or something in the in the background. Like, not not a good life for Gilly right now. No, not indeed. And she hears an what sounds like an owl hooting, but she realizes as she was a wildling herself that this is the call of the wildling. And they attack. Tormund, Stir, Egret, and such, leaving a wake of destruction in their path, uh, seeing, like, the blood seep through the ceiling. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Like, like it, it was all, like, like uh, Egret just being there, just being like, all right. Like, she's like, all right, I'm not going to kill a mother and her baby. Like, yeah, you know, luckily, Egret's not that far gone. Um, but... But, like, it's, like, you know, a moment of kind of safety and, like, a nice moment of, like, ah, oh, okay, she's letting them live. And then, like, Egret's head moves and it's just blood, just yeah. just as so much blood. Like, that's, oh, man, yeah, just a slaughter. Like, I mean, literally a slaughter. Like, they came in there, no one was ready for it at all. It was just, like, easy. Like, I mean, like, just going in there, just. And you Slaughtering think, some Night's Watchmen. Uh, eat them, too. Like, that's, that's the thing there is that half of these – Wildlings are also cannibals, so yeah, they're just they're yep. also gonna eat nothing them. good going on there. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, I love thinking about the way Egret spares Gilly here. Um, mm. you know, only one episode left with Egret, so getting to see her do something that was you know heroic mm. was very nice, showing the good in her, even though she's taking part in the slaughter of of these men like she she has a line that mm -hmm. she won't cross and i just love imagining a world where you know sam and gilly are raising little baby sam with uncle john and aunt egret over here and you mm. know everyone's everyone's all happy together uh, in a per in a perfect world um little fucking kid a fucking little kid What's uh, whatever name? what's his fuck oliver oh fuck oliver yeah that kid just sucks deserved um, to be hanged yeah i'm not i'm not <laughs> mad about it i'm not mad about it at all i'm not, Honestly, I'm not mad one fucking bit could have gone out a little with more pain uh, in my for my, for my liking actually um so you know what he deserved a knife through the heart just like he did to john yeah. you know what while we're Pretty at it before that too no give him not, a little not arrow Give him a little yeah. arrow in the chest. Like three of them. John got three. Yeah, John yep. got three arrows. Give him three. He got stabbed three times before Oliver stabbed him. I, I don't, just whatever you want, you know? Really fuck the kid up. Just really yeah. do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, at the wall, uh, news from Mole's town has arrived at Castle Black, where Sam is a fucking mess. Everyone's like, oh no, our brothers, our brothers. And Sam's <laughs> like, Gilly, fucking Gilly, man. How did, how did I let this happen? I, I, I should have known. They're like, how could you have known? He's like, I absolutely could have known. I was being an idiot. That was so fucking stupid of me. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, don't worry, man. And I love the way that everyone kind of shifts to support him. It's not necessarily like, 
like the way it was originally about their Night's Watchmen brothers for everybody else. Mm. The way, uh, you know, Gren's like, how could you say that uh, to Dolores Ed, who's like, they shouldn't have fucking been there, man. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm saying that, like, they shouldn't have been there to die at all. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's that's not cool. Yeah. You know? And uh, yeah, and I, I just... How Sam is like slowly switching over. Like he's so worried, but then like every little comment that's made, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe actually. Yeah. Like, like all of the guys there are like, she's probably dead, but we just have to say anything to get this guy, you know, yeah. like, it's like, keep going I on. mean, she's like, at Craster's. Yeah. She survived him. That, that guy was one hell of a piece of shit. And then yeah, it's like, like she survived the, the march to the wall. Like, a she's strong man she's a white walker fighting. for god's sake like a, yeah. like he was like damn like i, I even kind of convinced himself there like they, yeah. they all knew like they were that she was probably gone but but he was like well actually shit maybe i don't know this this lady seems to to have it on her and john's like yes i am i am worried about gilly for sure but uh if <laughs> yeah. if that's been destroyed Castle Black is the only thing yeah, that, that can that, happen yeah. next, you know? It does uh, mean we're next. So, I mean, Gilly, yeah, I'm sorry, Sam, but, like, oh, shit. Like, we, a we thousand have, to yeah. one against yep. Ant's Raider's I, army. I love how they're even like, yeah, I mean, like, what are we supposed to do with 105? And, like, are you counting the three brothers we just lost? Yeah, we're actually down to 102. Like, it was yeah. like <laughs> it's so, like, they're, like, they're fucked. And they're just like, so well, take a, take a swig of wine. They're like, well, before we die... Whoever the last one is, make sure you burn us. You know, I don't want to come back in this. Oh, movie. that one hurts coming from yeah. Dolores Head. Um, uh, as we literally in the episode, the long night watch his eyes snap open to be, uh, to be bright blue. Um, that's so sad. Yeah. Just a small uh, character like that who had a line like this where it was like, God whoever, damn. whosoever is the last one, make sure you burn us because when I die, I don't want to come back. And he absolutely does come back, which is super sad for Dolores Ed. Everything he fights against is, he becomes it. Very uh, devastating. That's why the Night uh, King is so just. Fuck the Night like, King, Holy man. shit. What a villain that guy is. Like, yeah. Oh, I can't wait till we actually get, get at that. It's a bad, it's so, a bad episode, oh, really. I fucking God. love that episode, man. Oh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that that concludes the story at the wall, and we then head to Marine, mm. where we get some of the best story. If I'm being honest, this is the best part of the episode, is everything that happens in Marine, yeah. it, uh, for my money. Uh, mm. Mostly because, you know, you, you think back to this episode, and you think about, like, ah, oh, Oberyn getting his head smashed, and that's a pr- pretty massive moment, but... uh the stuff that is the biggest on the grand scheme of the show happens in Marine. This is far and away the biggest part of the story where, uh, as Grey Worm is, uh, swimming and bathing with some other unsullied outside Marine, he notices Masande and another, uh, number of other women bathing, uh, downstream. And, uh, but his eyes are only on Masande and she spots him looking at her and returns his gaze, standing up slowly for him to see her in full light uh, and then finally covering herself and him being like, Oh, I don't know where to guess. I'll just go underwater. Uh, under. Oh, yep. I go down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it, it was, I don't know. I love 
I love the these moments between them, and then like having Masande go to Daenerys, being like, "Yeah, he, he like looked at me, and like I don't, I don't know." He's like, "Was he spying on you?" No, no, I don't. No, think no, definitely so. not that. Like, definitely not that. And like, and like, um, and like, oh well, obviously you can't be interested. Or they don't, they don't have all the unsullied aren't interested in that. Well, I think I know. I think he was like. No, it was kind of like. He yeah, definitely I love, yeah. and again, I just love it anytime Daenerys speaks back to her Dothraki sort of roots mm, yeah. and her being like you know the dothraki they have no taboos against nudity or you know they would make love in front of everybody for everyone to see because they thought it was so fucking awesome so like yeah. i don't think it's that big of a deal yeah. masanda uh, wasn't really taking it she's like oh but you're not dothraki you know, yeah she, you know yeah, it's not you i get it i get it uh you know she's like I, i'm curious you know when they when they cut them did they take all of it the yeah. pillar and the stones. Yeah. And Masande's like, I don't know. She goes, haven't you ever wondered? And she goes, yeah. Yeah, I have. And, you know, for Daenerys, it's more a general curiosity. For Masande, it's like, I've thought about whether or not I can fuck Grey Worm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, they, I mean, they, I, I forget. I mean, does that actually come up? Like, uh, do we get the answer to that, or is it just left vague? It's never, it's never fully blown answered. I've taken it to mean given Masande and Grey Worm's relationship later on to mean they took the stones and not the pillar. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I kind of forgot like where I know they kind of are, are a thing, but I forgot like seeing like I'm, what even I'm happened. pretty sure they have a full blown sex scene and <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you can pull it off. Just got to imagine it can't be quite as easy. As, as, you know, good old, good old intercourse. Yeah. Um, Grey Worm's reproductive or abilities are gone, but he does have a penis. Okay. Like, I was like, I think you know, he just I, can't have kids. I started basically. typing in, does Grey Worm, and the first thing to pop up is, have a wiener. A wiener is the, <laughs> the first thing to pop up, yeah. So, uh, but yes, uh, Reddit confirms it, I guess, if Reddit is to be believed. Reddit's reliable, I trust it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, later on in Daenerys' audience chamber, her little throne, ro- throne room where Masande is just kind of admiring the whole room, where Grey Worm comes to apologize. Uh, she's like, oh. no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, it's fine, it's really okay. He's like, I didn't, I didn't want to scare you. And she's like, you didn't, you're good, you're good. And uh, in the common tongue, which she has been teaching him, he tells her that her lessons she gives him are precious to him. Precious to I. Yeah. Precious to I. Yes. Mm. And uh, she notes, I didn't teach you the word precious. And I love the implication here that Jorah taught yes. Grey Worm the word precious. A hundred percent. Grey Worm talked to Jorah about this before talking to Masande. Yeah. yeah which he, is so like, fucking cute, dude. Yeah, because Masande went to Daenerys and they had their little talk. And then Grey Worm's like, ah, who, I don't know, who can I go to? Like, I gotta, I gotta talk to someone, I don't know, and I gotta, I gotta get this off my chest. And he goes to Jorah and he's like, ooh, te- teach me like a, a good word. Like, you know, te- <laughs> I, what do I say to her? And he's like, maybe Jorah's like, ah, call her precious, you know, or say that he's like, precious, you know, it just all that stuff happens. Well, and like, like there's so many different it. ways that could have gone. Is like, he, mm-hmm. he explains what happened and he doesn't know how to put his words into feeling. His uh, feelings into words. There's also a possibility that Jorah's just talking. 
you know, and Grey Worm's listening and, and Grey Worm, like he mm. says something's precious and he mm. asks what, what is precious, you know, like, and regardless, either way, Grey Worm is talking about Masande to Jorah or Jorah is likely talking about Daenerys to Grey Worm. That's probably true. You know, yeah. like there's, there's multiple, multiple yeah. possibilities there, which I really, really enjoy. And no matter what, I think it's, I think it's just kind of cute to think about. <laughs> people talking to each other behind each other's backs about their crushes (laughs) and like, Oh, I really like her, but I don't, you know, I think that's adorable. But Mm -hmm. uh, she asks, you know, whether he remembers his birth name and he says, I remember nothing, only unsullied. And she asks him if they remember when they cut him. And he says, no, I remember only unsullied. And she tells him she's sorry they did that to him. And Grey Worm's like, Oh, why? Mm -mm. Yeah. And no, you don't understand. Yeah, like oh, this is where my line comes from from Grey Worm. Whenever he's like it's I mean a long one, but like whenever he's just like, nah, if they never cut me, like I've never unsullied. If I never I never stand in the Plaza of Pride when Daenerys Stormborn ordered us to kill the masters, I've never chosen to lead the unsullied. And then he like pauses for a little bit. It's like, and I never meet. I Masande. never meet Masande from the island of Noth, and I was like, "Oh man, how cute! That was so good!" Like, oh, just a, like, oh, it's so fucking sweet. Yeah. And everyone's like, "I am so sorry," and yeah. she stops him while he turns to leave, telling him she was glad he saw her, and he just kind of like, "Yeah, I am too." You yeah, know, like, <laughs> what can I yeah, say? Me too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they're so yeah. cute. Yeah, they're so cute. But yeah, I go I, to I knew a. They, uh, you know how I make the graphics for every episode, right? I go mm-hmm. to a website called fancaps.com or .net or something like that. Um, and every episode, it's like frame by frame. HD, mm. 4K quality, which is why I usually have pretty good graphics for it. Uh, pretty good quality graphics for it anyway. Uh, but every episode displays popular images. The most popular ones to be saved and downloaded. It's the top four. And would you believe that two of the four, the top two of the four, are Masande naked? Um, oh my god, yeah. Looking looking at it now. Wow. Yeah. Masande naked, and then it goes to Moat Kalen on the map, and then the wall on the map. Like, the wall yeah. on the map in the intro. It's like, okay, people really didn't care about any Like, people... Wow, in the episode before, yeah, Melisandre. Like, yeah, that's, people are just... <laughs> people are uh, looking for titties, man. That's all uh, they're looking for. Um, hmm. pretty pretty fucking funny. Uh, and a little sad, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, cute scene, cute scene. You know, I I like oh, it. Yeah, now it's for... Still, still so cute. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing is that I I, I value it for just the relationship Grey Worm and Masande form over the course of the show is just it's incredibly it's incredibly nice, and the way it ends is incredibly disappointing and sad, but it lasts a while and i enjoy it i don't even remember how it ends necessarily I th- one of them has to die um yeah and i yeah because i remember gray worms at like king's landing at the very end there like mm-hmm. so i don't even remember how Melis or how she dies uh, i'm not oh, re- i don't want to remember quite oh, yet so yeah i'll just stop tears my fucking heart out oh yeah I'll, I'll i'll keep it out of my head for as long as i can yeah but nevertheless still in Marine, as Sir Barristan Selmy watches the Unsullied taking the bodies of the crucified masters down, a small boy approaches him, giving him a scroll bearing the seal of the hand. This one was sealed by Tywin Lannister. Um, 
as we just saw them plotting a couple episodes ago, like how, how do we deal with this situation? You know, and Jorah's right in his analysis of it. He's like, he's making us fight. If we are fighting, we can't fight them, you know, like, and, but there's a bigger thing going on. Mm. And, uh, he reads it, uh, slowly and becomes more concerned as he progresses. And then as a, as a real one does, which Barristan absolutely is, he confronts Sir Jorah first before going yeah. straight to Daenerys. And uh, he states that the document is a royal pardon signed by King Robert Baratheon. And Barristan surmises Jorah spied on Daenerys in exchange for the pardon. Jorah begs to be allowed to speak with her privately, but Barristan says, you will never be alone with her again. Ooh, that that could have been a line right there, just yeah. for the delivery of it. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, man, yeah, he, this, Barristan was a real one here. Like, taking it to him first, being like, yeah, no, I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know I'm taking it right to her, and you can't do anything about it. Like, no. just be ready on whatever you want to say. Like, good luck. But, yeah, that was, ah, uh, like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I didn't remember that it happened this soon. Like, uh, the. Yeah, no, I mean, like, it, it makes sense because it, there's the the arc with Tyrion like she uh Jorah brings Tyrion to King's Land or to Daenerys after capturing him mm. at some point oh. while he's in exile so okay. like uh then he gets grayscale and has to leave again and all that you know like that's uh mm, that's right oh man yeah for, okay so Jorah's not not anywhere near done that's for yeah these still got a lot is he He's not. No. Yeah, no. Because after he gets grayscale, grayscale, do we when he leaves, do we ever see him again, or is that like it? Oh yeah, he comes back. He gets healed by Sam. Yeah. Sam does the experimental. That's what I thought wasn't he at like the? Because I have a poster of like the wall, like the. Yeah, he dies the in the Battle of Winterfell. Okay, that's what. Yeah, okay. So no, he's he's back for that. Okay, I, I was trying to. I forgot what the connection was to bring him like how he got north of the wall at one point and then back. Yeah, because he goes with the the crew out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, the the Suicide Squad in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Um, John Thoros, uh, the Hound. Tormund. Yeah, the Hound. Uh, I oh, guess fucking uh, Eric, Gendry, Eric Gendry for a little bit, but he just has. Yeah, he, he has to run back. back. Um, Jorah. And yeah, uh, yeah. And I, thought, I thought yeah. I remember Jorah in there. Yeah, but yeah, Suicide Squad. I, that I like. I like that. Yeah, Game, Game of, of Thrones, Thrones Suicide Squad because they yeah. were fucked they were so fucked and none of them die except for like uh thoros and then a dragon yeah out of that suicide squad the one guy who died multiple times and has been brought back actually dies for good and then a dragon oh, the guy who brought the guy back actually dies. oh oh wait so oh wait i'm, I'm getting thoros and barrack barrack makes it barrack wasn't there barrack is there Oh, they're both. But Thoros there? is the one who dies. Oh, okay. Then never mind. Because the okay. Hound lets him know, like, uh, hey, you better make this, better make the rest of your life good because the next time you die, you're not coming back. Your homie's, okay. your homie's gone. That's, you know, okay. like, uh, I got you. Uh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Now, yeah, that's a great, I, and that's why I appreciate season seven, season, uh, season seven and eight is because those epic moments, man, they are fucking epic, man. Like that shit is so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about grand moments that happen here, but like the most grand moments, like the red wedding, 
Tyrion's trial like coming up here like these do feel grand like Joffrey's death feel grand but like there's a different kind of scale when it involves Mm -hmm. the Night King and like literal just hundreds of thousands of like people like just this imminent threat like the stakes are so much higher so like it's just automatically even more grand but yeah this I don't know seeing Jorah's you know life flash before his eyes here was uh like I don't know it was he was feeling good, you know, off last episode, off like, t- you know, you tell Dario that, that you changed my mind. He's feeling good. He thinks he's climbing the ranks a little bit, and then, yeah. well, here, here comes Tywin, Tywin and, and King's Landing to fuck, you know, fuck you up. And he even called it out. He's like, no, this is this is like they're doing, you know. He's like, this is, it has to be them. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, they want to divide us. Like, but he doesn't actually know. Like, this could have very well been... A pardon from Robert, I guess, but it took a, sh- a long time to get there. Um, right. But I think Jorah's smart enough to piece it together where he's like, nah, this is, like, came from the little kid, you know? Like, and it was so, like, the, the mysterious because handoff. He's read it. this very, he's read this very document. Uh, He read it and decided he didn't want it. And then saved Daenerys, like, immediately. Like, it was at that that merchants like like he read the document i don't know what he did with the document or if this is like a replication of the document but well because i'm pretty sure it's what i'm pretty sure tywin forged this because they in that small council meeting he asked Varys, like hey do your little birds reach all the way over in essos he's like oh of course they do and Mm -hmm. then he tells uh tyrell Oh, the pen and the parchment. Go grab my, go grab my quill and pen, or yeah, whatever. And I think this is probably what they wrote because the seal, because it is sealed, it is still sealed. So like with the hand stamp, whenever the kid hands it to him, no, for Um, sure. So he replicated it at the very least. Mm -hmm. Um, Tywin's so smart. Damn, that's good. That's like very good. That's pretty good. Worked. Worked like it did. It absolutely did, and we we reach. Once again, the audience chamber where Daenerys is seething and demands an explanation. Mm. And uh, this is my favorite scene. Uh, Yeah. My favorite scene with my favorite performance from Ian Glenn as Jorah Mormont. Getting his first first little nod for me. Uh, Because he plays this incredibly subtle. Like, it's not like it's... There are a lot of performances in this show that are just blatantly like, oh, of course, that's the performance of the episode. I don't think this is one of those. I think it's just mm-hmm. the way he handles this. It, it took a seasoned actor who is very good at what they do to pull this off convincingly, like the sorrow and the genuine regret that you can feel yeah. emanating off of him as he explains that, you know, it in the the floundering being like it is it's a plot to divide us, you know? So she's like, so you, do you deny it? Is this a forgery? And she's like, no, it's not. Um, I was giving information to Varys on your activities in Essos. And she asks, you know, did you, did you tell him of my pregnancy by Cal Drogo? And he protests saying that he stopped that from happening, but she retaliates only because you knew it was coming. And he's like, I suspected you know, like he's like, I didn't know that, but I had yeah. to be on the lookout. Um, yeah, and... that's that's rough though. Like, cause cause if they don't know that she's pregnant with you know 
like an heir coming. Like maybe they don't send, you know, like I guess her, yeah. her rationale is, is kind of. No, sad. 100%. Like I, and there's also the fact that she, he was sending secrets to the man who killed her family. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, that yeah, was the like part it's... that she got really in Daenerys. I mean, Amelia Clark here, like yeah. not even being able to look at him too like looking at him at the at the start but then like as the closer and closer she got to goodbye like she was just like looking above him it seemed mm-hmm. you know like just couldn't Pat even look him. down at him yeah just like looking up at the ceiling like just and like almost crying but like she couldn't show weakness until yeah, like he turned like, around I, i've you served know? you i have advised you and then he like pauses and he goes i've loved you you know like yeah. he's like i uh, dude it it's a good fucking scene yeah, man that scene was really and good. uh and it, it was ian glenn's performance that just kind of sealed it for me mm, that i I, like uh, that. I i i adored him in this scene i i like jorah mormont a lot and uh i haven't i haven't been able to give him the uh performance mm. not yet but i felt comfortable yeah uh, throwing it his one. way yeah because uh, i don't think any any one actor really stood out this episode i think it's just no. everyone is everyone's doing very very well in their one their i characters. could absolutely understand is uh the 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 flight of emotions peter dinklage goes on during the uh Ooh. during the trial when okay. like at the end when you just see him like oh like <laughs> yeah. kind of just like oh my fucking god <laughs> like it was right there yeah uh, i can't wait to talk about that here in a second but mm. yeah she warns that if he is ever seen in the city or in Slaver's Bay, or in Essos, she's gonna she's gonna throw she's gonna kill him, you know. And we see Jorah riding away from Marine on a horse, and thus concludes one wow. of the show's longest running relationships. Isn't that actually like whenever they do come back? So he brings Tyrion to her. Um. And then isn't like the first thing Daenerys says, like, tell me why I shouldn't kill you right here, right now, or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, isn't it like right away? Like, man, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, she, she Oh man, that's Yeah, Jorah goes on an incredible arc where he wow. goes to like the He he gets sold into slavery with Tyrion and they fight in the the fighting pits and they work their way up to fight in front of Daenerys. Oh man, yeah, this Man, man, I can't believe they don't have him on here. That would have been so cool to see, like, on the map that like tracks people on where they went. Oh, Jora, Jora's yeah. would have been fucking sick. But I don't, I don't think he he's not a character that's on here. Sadly, to pick from, it doesn't look like. Because um, I, I guess, yeah, because he's with Daenerys pretty much the whole time until now, and then. So where does he, where does he go until he meets Tyrion? Like right now, he's just kind of going. Like, I think the next time we see him, and this is a little, uh, a little icky. Um, he's in a brothel where he is, uh, deeply admiring a, uh, mother of dragons impersonating prostitute. Uh, <laughs> he's down bad. Okay. Yeah. No, and he's not, he's not doing anything with her, but she's across the room. And I think it's, you could, it could be passably like, it's just reminding him of her. But there's a reason you picked this brothel, you know? There's yeah. a reason you're here, buddy. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know if that's the next time we see him, but I know we do see him there at some point. But uh, hmm. next we're in the Vale of the Aaron, wherein Peter Baelish is testifying before a tribunal consisting of Lord Jan Royce, Lady Anya hmm. Wainwood, and Sir Vance Corbray. 
the lords are suspicious of Lysa Aaron's death, which they're all very confident he must have killed her. They're like, this, I mean, you you got married a couple weeks ago. You had no power or lands that was substantial <laughs> prior to that. Now you do. Um, and Baelish has decided to spend the death as a suicide, but the lords don't believe him. Given her devotion to her son, she might have been a little nutty as they say in so many words, but she did love her son so dearly. And uh, they rebuff Littlefinger's explanations in favor of speaking with the only witness, his niece, a lion. Mm. And uh, after confirming that Baelish can stay for her testimony, Sansa reveals her true identity and relates the tale of her captivity and escape from King's Landing. She continues truthfully telling of Lysa's mental instability, jealousy, and death, changing only a few details, which is a really cool callback to what Tyrion says earlier in the episode, but we haven't seen it yet, where this is an example of something she learned from Cersei. Mm. Tyrion says something about how she uses real things to spin fake lies. Oh. Yeah, and and it's literally what Sansa yeah. does. Here. She tells so much truth and is yeah. lying all the while doing it. Um, okay. Wow. I mean, I was... I was going. I got either had Alfie Allen or Sophie Turner as my performance, and I I, I think I was I was leaning more towards Sophie Turner uh, for this one. Like I just she's the, fucking good, man. Yeah, like the emotional range here, and then like that stare that she gives. Yeah, here, like, like a, at the end there, you like, owe me sort hey, of shit. Yeah, I fucking yeah. did that. You're welcome. Like I don't know. I I loved I love Sophie Turner in this episode, and and you're right. Like yeah, like I didn't think about the little thing of. She learned this in King's Landing. Like, you learn how to lie in King's well, Landing. Yeah, like, she's always been told, like, you're a bad liar. Like, Littlefinger's told her, you're a bad liar. Like, you shouldn't do it, you know? And she's here like, she is Hold my convincingly beer. lying. Yeah, she's like, let me actually save you and convince this council at the Vale right now. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, if, it, if it, this it, wasn't over in Martell's last episode and I was going to honorarily mm. give him it, regardless, it would have been, it would have been Sansa for me. She would have been my character had it not been for Oberyn's mm. last episode. Um, so a little yeah. honorary nod to Sansa Stark here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then, and then that, like her walking out in that new dress, like all like, dude, all that right, fucking shot is yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. Like, you, like, actually... blurred, like you can't see her for like a lot of it, you know, like you see mm. like the sun, like kind of overexposed it, and then she gets in focus and you're just like, Oh damn. Yeah. I actually, yeah, when I was looking through fan caps, I was like, that wasn't what I was going to use for the, for the episode graphic. But I was like, that shot's just too pretty. I got to save it anyway. So I did. Just the way, like, the steps and the railing, like, lead up to her. Mm. Just incredible framing. Like, it's it's a very, very good-looking shot. But uh, nevertheless, yeah, she uh, she convinces them otherwise. You know, says Littlefinger only kissed her on the cheek, you know. And uh, Lysa threw herself through the moon door. She was like, yeah, that's look, enough. That's it. Kinda, she kind of inputs, like, yeah, I don't have any better friend then uh you know and and i he is my uncle and the kiss yeah, was only yeah. on the cheek you know she's like we that will is not where, be kissing again that's where we stand <laughs> little finger yeah I, th- I love how she like while lying and saving his ass she was also like telling him like hey all right you did what you had to do sure now nah, that, that's it um but i think i don't know it's kind of like that walkout at the end like with the dress i think like she's kind of like accepting of their friendship though like i think she's not actually like 
she doesn't like hold it that much against him. Like I, I actually thought that she, uh, she'd be like more. I guess I don't know because she does. Like Littlefinger does come come up to her afterwards. This is when she it's starts scary. playing it close to the vest. This is when she starts being mm. the Sansa she becomes. She's kind of like because the logic she uses. She's when he goes, "Why?" Mm. Yeah. Like, well, because I know you. I don't know them. And clearly, she knows that he she has some sort of hold on him because of her mom. Yep. So she's like, I'm going to go ahead and keep doing this thing because I think I can get away with shit. And I think regardless of how you treat me and how you talk to me, you do care about me in some capacity. You won't knowingly hurt me. So and this is he did right kill now. the king and Lysa Aaron, and he's getting away with all of these crazy things without anyone knowing of so. So she's probably like, oh, if I do go with these people, then who? I mean, like, who I mean, knows? yeah, it's better to better to not, I mean, trust, but not trust Littlefinger right now. Like, just to get yeah. on his good side. Um, but no, she's, yeah, she's, uh, like this, she comes at, like, she looked like a child, like, still. Like, even in, like, mm-hmm. when she was confessing, like, telling that lie, and kind of even in the in the bedroom, whenever Littlefinger came up to her, but when she when she walks out like with that new dress, it's like, yeah, whoa, like I mean, like totally different person, like like yeah. feathered black dress, pun- yeah. plunging neckline. Again, she's and her hair's darker. She's dyed yeah. her hair. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in her Cersei Lannister era. Mm. She's like that's. I think she is trying to emulate to the best of her ability, Cersei. Because she knows she's intimidating. She knows she's strong. She knows she's not as big. She knows she's not a monster the way Cersei is. But she can understand what about Mm. Cersei makes her powerful. You know? And I think that's something that Sansa, like, the the way she takes things from terrible people and uses them for good ends ends up making her one of the coolest characters in the entire show. And she hasn't gotten a character not out of either of us yet. But I think that's going to change going forward. Yeah. I think this, this would be the, the episode. Like, yeah, yeah if, if Oberyn, I mean, yeah, come on. I mean, like, that's that's got to say goodbye to our man's the tough. only way we know yeah. how. Yeah, kind of tough, but but man, this is she has become the Sansa Stark we know, like from yeah. from the she's end of the show. At least begun that yeah. journey, you mm-hmm. know. Like she's she's on her way, but uh, at some point before or after this event, there's no real telling. Uh, the Hound and Arya arrive at the bloody gate of the eerie who are you and why do you come to the bloody gate it's the bloody hound bloody hound yeah he's like i love how you're like man just he just he's such a delight every time i fucking like, love just, everything the hound, dude is so good uh um, him being like i'm with Arya stark the niece of your lady aaron uh and he's like oh I love the way the guy like kind of is like, oh well, sucks that I have to break this news. Ah, but shit. He yeah. goes, oh, my condolence. This is my favorite line. My condolences. Uh, your aunt died three days ago, and then Arya just uncontrollably laughs because, of course, that would happen. You know, yeah, it was just kind of like an exasperation. You know, it's like I think she would have liked to be with family and to kind of settle. Mm-hmm. But this is also like a, 
oh my god, this fucking guy, he can't get rid of me. You know, like, he wants so badly to be on his own and to get money and to do something, and he can't get away from me. This is so yeah. fucking funny. Yeah, in my mind, after this, I was thinking, like, okay, they're so close, you know, Sansa and Arya, just kind of like John and, and Bran were, um, like, a couple episodes ago at Craster's Keep. Yeah. Jojen's like, nah, you can't. Like, if you see him... He'll, he'll want to protect you. You won't go on. You won't become the Three-Eyed Raven. So, like, I kind of mirrored it to this, to Sansa and Arya. And Arya would not go on to kill the Night King. Yeah. If, like, maybe. You know, maybe she still goes on and, and does all of her stuff. But who knows? Well, maybe it's the other thing. Is that I said, you know, I'm sure she'd like to be in a comfortable place. I don't think... I think she would, at this point, after what happened last episode, prefer to stay with the Hound. I, I honestly think she's kind of warming up to the idea of just being a nomadic person who kills people yeah. if they cross her. You know, yeah, like, I don't think she wants to be yeah. comfortable up in the castle. Yeah, she's no, like, she has her list, and she actively is saying it every night before she goes to bed. A castle's yeah. not going to help cross any names off that list. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're probably right. She would want to maybe just, just stick with the hound, do what they're yeah. doing. Um Hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I mean not even really that big of a decision, like not like a crossroad. Like I guess either way it goes, if Sansa does yeah, see no, it. it's not even up to Arya necessarily. You know, like it's mm. it's up to the hound. Like the hound is selling her, you know, if 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 she's alive, this is where Arya's gonna be. You mm. know, like that's uh it, it's fascinating. But uh The bloody hound. I I don't know, that was I love the just the humor that the show has. It's like not 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 a whole lot of it, but man, like every now and then it gets it's there, man. It's there. I love I love this shit. And the hound is often <laughs> often the one who's doing the funny shit. But uh nevertheless, we move to King's Landing, our final location of the episode. And in the last hours before his trial by combat, Tyrion and Jamie share a final drink in Ter- in Tyrion's cell and reminisce about Orson Lannister. This is my scene, actually. Uh, and if, is if Marine is now that you, we talked it through, Marine was pretty good, and like that, like that whole everything that happened there. I, I don't know. I think it was just this is more towards the end of the episode, and I didn't. I was thinking I was going to choose just the fight uh, between the Viper and the Mountain, but honestly, like I don't know. It was. I don't want to say goodbye to him, at, and then, but like the I don't know. There's some stuff I have like with that, but this scene, I just. There's a lot of layers for this Beatles story here that, like, I'd never mm. picked up on. Like, at, on first watch, I probably, like, what? Like, he's just rambling on, you know, he's, like, about to die. He's just telling this random story about a family story. <clears throat> but, like, I don't know. I think it, it gives, like, a perfect insight to who Tyrion is, like, and how he grew up and how sad his childhood was. That, like, this is what he did. He studied this you know, his cousin that just smashed Beatles and for what, you know, just to, just to figure him out. He went to the library to try to find out if there was anything he could figure out. No, I had to go back to the source to study who it is. And it's like, it just shows the kind of character Tyrion is. And then also kind of at the same time, like a, a Michael Caine, like some people just want to watch the world burn. Like, I feel like that's like kind of the, the theme of the story. Like there is no reason for him smashing these Beatles. It's just, Maybe he wants to hold power over something, you know, he doesn't have power in his life, so he just kills beetles to feel powerful, I don't know. Like, but there's not, doesn't seem to be, like, any theme that comes from that story at all. So I'm like, well, what's the point of, of telling it then? 
And I feel oh, like I... it's it's just to give you an insight into Tyrion and like who he is, how he grew up, and then like also he's you know thinking he's about to die, so he's just trying to reminisce in any memory he can. Well, I'll something that it connected to for me was Asteroid City very recently. Um, whenever we get to the scene at the end, whenever Augie the lead goes, why does Augie burn his hand on the quickie griddle? Mm. I still don't get the play. You know, like in in this moment, this massive moment, this crossroads for the character where everything's culminating and everything's everything's important that's happening at this moment. He can't take his mind off of this one thing, which is it's literally just asking why. Why does any of this matter? Why? Why am I alive? Why does any why why do things have to be the way they are? Is basically is basically what Tyrion's contemplating, I think, and okay. it resulted in him thinking about this gentleman. Uh, Orson, Orson Lannister, and with a kunk, yeah, I like, I like how he threw it in there every now and then, you know, like, like he kunk, kunk, kunk to start, and then he's like, yeah, and then he knocked me over with a a nice kunk, um, or what, like, he was, I don't know, this, but I don't know that the reason I chose it for my scene is just like, there's not many moments with Tyrion and Jaime, but like this was just like their last, you know, Jaime's like, yeah, this, this, this is the last time I'm gonna see my brother and have a moment with him. Tyrion's thinking the same, um, and then like the bells start ringing, you know, and you're like, "Fuck!" And Jamie's just like, "Hey, good luck today, man." Like, I don't know. I just, I love the, I don't know. I, I didn't want to. I guess Peter Dinklage might have got the performance for for that scene as well, and like that. I don't know. He was really going on for quite a while there, just telling that story, and I, I was really, I just really loved that scene. Um, no, it was a goodie, and there there was something about this episode that I really, really enjoyed from uh the the direction and the cinematography because the uh the cinematographer for this is someone who's very very established in TV. I remember looking at it and being like, wow, they've done done some shit. They worked on Spider Man Two. They were an additional uh director of photography on it. I can't remember her name. Let me see it real quick. Annette Helmick. Uh, she, uh, she was the director of photography on this one. And I saw something that was different about this one compared to others was the, uh, uh, close-ups, the intimate close-ups of characters. And Tyrion and Jamie got a lot of them here. Jorah and Daenerys got a lot of them in their discussion. And the way they frame Peter during his little trial where it's like above him, mm. like looking down and he's, he's just kind of like sitting there. Uh, they do a lot with the, with the full, the full frame, just a dupe, just a person's face. Uh, and it just kind of emphasized a lot of what the, what the moments were about were these characters and their thought processes and trying to get inside their heads, whether that's literally, like it's literally through camera work, you're trying to do that. And I think that was very, very effective. And there were a few shots of Tyrion and Jamie here that were gorgeous for that, for that reason. But, uh, I love that Jamie's just not getting the point of the story, like not one fucking bit. He's like, I don't fucking know, man. And yeah. then, uh, then the bell rings and it's time. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, we're we're here. You know, yeah. at least at least Pedro gives quite the performance before it's over. You know, he gives him a show and stuff before it's all over. But but man, yeah, it's it's just uh, like getting closer and closer to it. I'm like, God, like. Why did you have to just egg him on, you know? Like, everyone, right. you had him right there. 
And like he even says it too. He's like, "Oh no, you're dying? No, not yet." And I'm like, "No, like no, just just oh, no. hold on, like just hold on a little longer." But ah, uh, um, yeah, no, this and like the set for this is gorgeous. I, I want to like, I wonder if this is like a real place or like if they just built built this. Yeah, like, some of that it, it felt like some of it had to be computer generated. It felt like to me like the scale of it, the higher up it went whenever yeah. they show uh certain angles like that. But uh regardless, Lannister guardsmen escort Tyrion into the arena where a large crowd has assembled. They're ready to watch the imp die. Um and he grows apprehensive to find a helmless Oberyn drinking, wearing very light armor. And uh, in comparison to Sir Gregor Clegane, who is clad head to foot in heavy armor and wielding a very large sword. Oren's like, don't you fucking worry, man. I always drink before a fight and I favor speed over protection. I should be fine. And as Gregor and his squire make their way to the arena, Alaria becomes concerned, noting that the mountain is uh, the biggest man she's ever seen in her life. Like, uh, that's what you're fighting? Yeah. I'm going to kill that or whatever he's yeah. like. He's like, he's so confident. Like he's, That is what I am going to kill. Yeah, like, God uh, damn. Uh, man, and, Oberyn. uh Oberyn's like, yeah, I'm going to be fine. And the last little uh, goodbye between Alaria and Oberyn here, where she's like, uh, don't leave me alone in this world. And she, he goes, never. Uh, God, I wish... And... Uh, Nevertheless, Grand Maester Pycelle steps into the arena and begins making a long-winded speech, asking the gods to favor the innocent before Tywin Lannister goes, That's enough, fucko! Get off the stage! Wrap it up! Yeah. Blare the horns or trumpets, whatever, have to play. Get, get it going. The uh, ability of this show... I think this is my fifth time. Or fourth or fifth time. Probably fifth. Watching The Mountain versus The Viper. Mm-hmm. And never before in this show, not with Ned Stark's death, not with the Red Wedding, nothing like that. You know, and, and with the Red Wedding, I'm kind of, I'm kind of feeling this way, but I'm literally watching this going, what if this time it goes a different way? You know, like what, what if this time Oberyn just wins the fucking fight? You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's, I'm, I'm wishing so hard for it to go a different way than the way it goes, you know, cause he has him. He has him fucking beat, dude. And oh my god, it is so fucking done. You know, like it is over. Yeah, that's the difference. The Red Wedding, it's like it was a complete surprise attack. And it's like you can't really like wish for it to go a different way. You just wish it didn't happen in the first place. But this, we get all the way to the end. And it did happen. And we were that close. And then they took it away. Like that's that's what makes it the just even worse and it's pedro pascal and you know it's like a just a just a really cool guy like on screen that you don't want to go away it's like there's so many layers to it it's just it makes it so devastating to watch every time like yep but oberon you know he gets a little out muscled at certain points hmm. uh, but he he's ultimately very graceful i thought the editing of this fight was kind of garbage um yeah, like they replayed certain things like it was like a very, I don't know. It's like a the editing was very fast and kind of oh, just no. used the that same. What was bizarre is that uh, Tim Porter was the editor for this one, and I'm interested to because again, this is the first time I'm watching it in a couple couple years now, and I'm much more critical of film and thinking about things like this. The gentleman who edited this edited Hard Home 
and the Battle of the Bastards and the Long Night and the Bells and every major battle in this in this show. This gentleman is the one who edited it. Um, so I'm interested to see if we get there and I'm kind of like, ah, damn, like the editing's not as good as I remember. But like, uh, and that's not, uh, this editing wasn't terrible. There were just moments where I was like, that's a bit much. I don't think we need to be doing that. There were, there, we were popping all over yeah. the place. We were cutting yeah. everyone's perspective in a matter of milliseconds. And I was like, I, no, there that was I just thought it was a little like, bit. Those, those episodes are, I mean, I, I feel like he refined his craft. Yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll get there and be like, "Oh no, the editing actually isn't that good." No, I think. I think this is just such a smaller scale battle, like the Battle of the Bastards, huge, hard home, huge. Like, I mean, that's just a lot. A lot. This is the same guy who edited the last episode, which I thought was excellently edited. You know, like it's uh, there's there's obviously there's there's a lot that goes into this, but uh, yeah, he also edited Beyond the Wall when they go and they fight the white walkers with the suicide squad, you know, like he, he does like, this is just a standout. I think they were trying to emphasize like the speed of Oberyn. So they kept like cutting to show like, Whoa, he's so fast, Yeah, but I can tell he's fast. Look at the shit he's doing, bro. You know, like, uh, just let the performers perform sometimes for me. Um, is that actually Pedro? It's gotta be a stunt guy, right? Like, or is Pedro like that? Certainly, almost certainly a stunt guy. I got to guess, but, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did a lot of a lot of work with the with the spear, you know, because uh, I got to think that'd be why they brought it back for like the Mandalorian, kind of putting the spear in Pedro Pascal's hand and being like, maybe he is nice with the spear. He is maybe he's got a little something like that with him, but then like behind the scenes, you find that in the Mandalorian, it was mostly Latif Crowder who ever did anything with the spear. So it's like. Uh, regardless that might have just been a little like thing for people who were fans of both things like uh pedro pascal's got a spear in his hand again yes you know uh Hmm. but regardless uh as the fight progresses oberon manages to seriously injure gregor stabbing him first in the chest severing his achilles and then burying his spear in gregor's stomach pinning him to the floor and as I love looking at one thing about the editing I liked was looking at everyone's face. Like whenever Jamie, like, yeah. like he kind of was like, Oh shit. Hell yeah. You know? Jamie, and yeah. Jamie, Tyrion and, and what's, uh, Cersei. Yeah. Like and Alaria and yeah. Tywin kind of cut all over the place. You get, Varys, you get Varys in there. I think one yeah. time. Um, but yeah, not many people are on Tyrion's side that that's only, uh, Alaria, Jamie, Jamie. Alaria. and Jamie's uh, not hiding it. Jamie, yeah. Jamie wants Tyrion. He wants Oberyn to win this battle. He is mm-hmm. very, very open about it, you know. And uh, as Jamie and Tyrion exchange a grin across the arena, a furious Oberyn circles Gregor on the ground, demanding, "No, no, 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 no! You're not. You can't die yet. You must confess." You murdered my sister. You raped her. You killed her children. Tell me, who gave you the order? And he points to Tywin, screaming, Who gave you the order? Pedro Pascal might. I mean, he did fucking good in this one, dog. This is a this is a fucking performance right here. I mean, oh. yeah. Yeah, he did. I mean, it was... I don't know. This He kind of won. Like, actually, I know he died. 
at the end. No, yeah, he won. He won the fight. He just got everyone. Well, everyone will walk away, like because the mountain. Does the mountain die and then they bring him back as zombie mountain or is that later? Mm-hmm. On? Yeah, no, yeah, he's dead That's right now. Yeah, so he actually yeah. died because and it's not because of his injuries; it's because uh, his spear is laced with some sort of poison. So it's right. So even if he just cuts him, the mountain will die no matter what. So maybe that was his plan all. Along. Maybe he actually didn't know. I guess that was just another failsafe. Yeah, he's just like, well, yeah, it was like, no matter what, the mountain will die. I just need to get this. I just want to hear. I just want to hear this. It was a little satisfaction thing. I don't think he planned on dying by any means. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a nice little failsafe. Like the mountain will die no matter what. Yeah, I guess he did say the mountain is my fir- is step one. Like, yeah. hear it. like that's step one of my plan. Um, so yeah, I, did. I obviously know sucks. I really plan. wish Ober and Martel could have lived throughout this show. It'd have been. Very, very nice. It had been so nice. It had been great. But, Why do you uh, have to go the way he did, man? You know, it's like, yeah. like God, like it, it'd be different if, like, you, you could see his, like, I don't know, like if he got stabbed or something, and we saw his face slowly lose life. But you know, you just have to see it, like, get crushed like a watermelon and blow up everywhere, and it's just, ah, uh, like, yeah, like, over and. Teeth get knocked out first. Yeah, stands a little too close, gets his shit rocked, and berserk with fury, Gregor grabs Oberyn by the throat and lifts him off the ground, smashing out most of his teeth with a single punch. Climbing on top of Oberyn, Gregor finally admits, he raped Elia, he killed her children, and then he did this. Uh, And he smashes his head between his hands as Alaria screams in horror and a stunned silence sweeps the crowd. Uh, there's a short, the, the, the joyful moment previously for Tyrion quickly becomes shock and dismay. And uh, Tywin stands and proclaims, it is the will, will of the gods. Tyrion is guilty and is therefore sentenced to death. Hmm. Tyrion can't reply. Staring in catatonic astonishment at Oberyn's skull-crushed corpse, as does Jaime. And the only different reaction is from Cersei, who stares at Oberyn's slaughtered body, listening to Tyrion's death sentence, with a smile upon her face. Man, yeah, there, a line I didn't even talk about was Tyrion in his cell with Jaime, and he was like, you know, trial by combat, you know, the hand, and up to the gods to decide. He's like, that says something about the gods. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, that this is, I don't know. It's not even like the gods anyways. It's just a human thing that they decide to do trial by combat. Like, it's just only them being like, yeah, it's in the eyes of the god. I guess it's, I don't know. Maybe, it, I guess, as in the gods' hands as you can get from an actual trial. But, uh, but yeah, no, this was just rough. Rough on, you know, because you got Oberyn dying, which is already hard. And then you have, like, Tyrion's deaths, like... Yeah, on first watch, you're like, you're, I mean, this is it. Tyrion is fucked, you know? Like, like oh my god, they could have killed him right then and there. Like, even, you know, it could have actually happened. Like, luckily it cuts to black, so that you'll have to wait another episode probably for it to happen. And Right. Just, you know, but, yeah, you're right. Like, having Ned die like that, like, it really, they really. Oh, and it's episode eight. Mm-hmm. Leading you into episode nine, which uh-huh. you know from previous episodes. <laughs> 
that in episode nine of season one, that's when Ned died. Episode nine of season three, that's when Rob died. Episode nine of season four, we must be saying goodbye to Tyrion. You know, like that's the, they are leading you that way incredibly yeah. on purpose. They're like fuck all of you, we'll spend the whole episode at the wall next yep. episode. Actually, yep. Um, <laughs> so build the suspense even further. We just lose Egret yeah. in season four, episode nine instead. Mm. Um, which. God Fuck damn. Over over in an egret and back to back episodes hurts my heart, man. That's that a yeah. it's a bad combo back to back there. I love yeah, those characters. Man. Uh, yeah, that's Lysa I was okay with, you know. I I'm okay with yeah, with like yeah. I I mean, yeah, shit. I forgot Lysa Aaron dies too in the episode before this. So, it, it, the run here, Lysa Aaron, Oberyn Martell, Egret, Tywin, the last four episodes of the series Dang. supporting major characters. All die. Uh, and then you had Joffrey who died at the beginning of the fucking season. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn. The death toll in this one is fucking crazy. People are popping like flies, dropping like flies. Pie, the only reason I said popping is, be, I guess, probably Oberyn's head. Yeah, Oberyn's head. Pop. Yeah, there's a little bit of trivia where Pedro Pascal says that this was, uh, this was the best day on set for him. Uh, the filming of, his head being squashed because uh they never zoom in real close they obviously keep that very very high up so you know it's not too gory and stuff but upon learning this information you can tell it's just a bunch of like fake flesh piled on top of his real head really like he's he's actually laying there and it's just a bunch of fake stuff put on top of his head uh and then blood seeping through and he said it was a really hot day and the fake blood was like really cold and he just got to lay there for a while and he was like i even took a little nap uh literally like joffrey like yep. I remember, like his his last episode was his favorite to shoot because he just got to take a nap you know yeah, exactly dead there and pedro's like yeah it was hot i actually liked laying down there oh yeah it's definitely just fake stuff piled on i'm looking at it now yeah like, yeah which is like, of course it is, you know, it's not like they, you know, crushed Pedro Pascal's skull, but like, uh, you know, you'd think like maybe it's a fake body and they just kind of th threw it out there. No, it's just a bunch of stuff piled on top of his actual face. Um, oh, yeah. Having them both just lay there too is God, like just the mountain and the Viper. What a fucking episode, man. And, uh, it was a goodie. And with another couple over in character nods it makes him the king of the show so far as far as character nods are concerned he has the most out of anybody and he only appeared in seven episodes um that's right that's how you do it you know that's the gold standard of coming into the show and uh yeah just no there will not be another character who does that pedro pascal is fucking insane for that uh for being one of the most likable characters in this entire show and only being in seven episodes is insane uh and not even spread out seven episodes practically in a row one in the middle that he wasn't in yep. like it's not like he just periodically shows up and is like whoa and i'm like oh yeah i love that guy I forgot about that guy no he is like a main character for a full fucking season and it it, it hurts when he goes like you're right though every time i watch it i'm hoping it just goes a different way 
Like I couldn't. I even thought to myself, like I laughed out loud when I thought when I was think like I recognized the way I was thinking. I was like, oh my god, I know how this fucking ends. It's not gonna fucking change, you know. Like I was sitting there, like, come on, man, pull through, you know. Like just finish the job, pull that dagger up and thrust it into his fucking skull. I don't know, do something. Uh, and. I know that's not what's going to happen, you know, but I can't help but hope that's what happens. And I think that's just what an incredible season of television season four has been, man. Uh, for it to get me to think that way is mm. it's special. It's a special season of television. And this episode was fucking great. But uh, that leaves us with a rating. Am I correct? We are there. And uh, I mean, this I feel like is a little, probably like either on the same level or higher than last episode. Um, I would say higher. I'd say we're looking more at the 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 actual trial as a more uh, as a better yeah. comparison to this one. Um, I'd say either nine five or nine seven five possibly, but I think right right five is more where I'm I'm sitting here. I mean, I, let's see the I mean Sansa like. Well, now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of stacked. Marine was done very well. Marine was incredible. Sansa and like at, at the Vale was awesome the whole time. What else? And then there was um... Mole's Town. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think mm, I don't think I can put it above the trial episode. Um... No, I think nine. Five is probably it, and I think it's probably a nine five across the board. Yeah, just a little bit better. Like, ah, no, I'm gonna go nine two five. I'm gonna go nine two five. I think that uh, I think it's about the same as last episode because I don't think it's quite as visually fulfilling as the previous episode. I think it is visually incredibly well done, but I, I think that there is something about the cinematography from the previous episode that in the previous two episodes that really just mm. like Fabian Wagner is very, very good at what he does behind the camera. Um, I think the direction was really good, but I thought the editing was off at points, you know? So like there's, there's a give and take here where the performances are all in all incredible. The writing was very, very solid. Um, but I think it is carried by performances. I think, I think that's the strong suit of this episode. Um, so I think a nine two five is fair. And that would round it out to a nine three three, which does put it just barely above last episode. Um, and I think third now uh, for the season. Yes, indeed. Yes, third. Um, and then last episode would become fourth now. Um, so man. yeah, I think season four is so fucking yeah. good, man. We got we have five episodes that are above a nine. Um, and then one that's basically a nine, an eight nine. Um, so I mean, yeah, this is a uh, quite the strong season. Uh, just yeah. uh, one moment with Jamie that was a little, ish, a little out there, a yeah. little out there. Um, but um, other than that, this season has just been—it's been strong. Oh, it's been it's very strong, good. dude. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think with that, we'll conclude this episode of Winter's Blooming. We're heading into our fourth penultimate episode we got season four episode nine next week on the game of thrones rewatch podcast so come on back for that 
Remember to head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including a $1.50 tier with nothing but written reviews. I'm uh, I'm getting back into writing quite a bit, and I'm very happy with the work I'm doing. Uh, and uh, you, you bet your ass I'm going to charge you for it. A dollar fifty a month, not very much, and you get the, the nice knowledge of knowing that you're supporting this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it. We also have that $3 tier where you actually get the exclusive audio content and any fictional writings we might do. Um, I did write a short story, and I released it on July 1st, and it's over there on that $3 tier for you. So you should go check that out. Um, head to Twitter, follow at Penny Bloom Pod, follow on Instagram at Penny Bloom Podcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening. And to download and share our episodes, that would mean the world. Um, let's see. Uh, we've got the comic book movie Journey Through Film going on on Fridays right now. This Friday brings us V for Vendetta. And I'm very excited for that. But more pressingly, on Wednesday, we wrap up our director's spotlight for Christopher Nolan with mm -hmm. uh, Oppenheimer, recently oh. released in theaters. We're actually seeing it. We actually saw it today. We're seeing it today mm. as of release date of this episode. Um, and I'm uh, very, very excited for y'all to hear that. Um, Greta Gerwig next week. Doing the Gerwig Lady begins. Bird. The yes. Gerwig begins next week with Lady Bird, Little Women, and Barbie. And I am, uh, I'm quite excited. So we got, all, we got a lot in store for you. Um, come back next week for season four, episode nine, The Watchers on the Wall, and then the week after that for the season four finale, The Children. Uh, but with that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And confess. <laughs> <laughs>